Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The California mama bears have been forced out of hibernation. Fierce guardians of our future, mama bears fight for parents' rights, defense of the family, and God-given freedoms everywhere. You're listening to Mama Bears Radio with your host, the new normal, Kristen Hurley. Welcome to Mama Bears Radio. Post-election blowout or something like that. I, I have to admit... I have done zero show prep. So you guys are in for one heck of a ride. Now, I'm not by my lonesome. So this is going to be even better because I knew it was going to be a crazy day. Um, I have the most special of special guests in studio with me today. And no, that's not Demo the dog, although he's here today too. All right. So welcome to Mama Bears Radio. I'm Kristen Hurley with me, none other than my husband, Jay Hurley. Now, the, uh, the evidence that... Demo is not the most important guest, has yet to be presented. I'm not quite sure if that, uh, if that pans out. We might have to adjudicate that matter. But uh, right. indeed, yes, I'm here. You guys might have remembered me. I came and filled for Kristen one day in the history of the program and um, had a lot of fun. So we're back and uh, better than ever. Right. Well, I figured I need someone to hold my hand to break down the election, good or bad, indifferent, whatever it may be. Um, and so I invited Jay to come hang out with me here because as the, how do I say, lead political analyst, diplomat, strategist, etc., conjecture of the Hurley household, <laughs> um, a lot of what you see in Mama Bear Radio uh, has its origins in the mind of Jay Hurley. So I thought it'd be fun for us to break stuff down because what do we do when, in our house Jay and I talk about essentially nothing else. Now, you guys might think we're all totally bonkers, but politics probably is, what, 90% of what we actually ever talk about? Well, there's the kids, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, the kids. And the vet bills for the four cats. Um, I don't know, <laughs> oh, just, no. just random, <laughs> random selection. The Hurley Dirty Laundry is going to come out today. This is going to be awesome. At any rate, so we do welcome your calls. I mean, I obviously, we're only halfway through the day here on the Pacific Coast, and everyone is probably sick to death of election talk and electioneering. And to be quite honest, so am I. So not to beat this horse up for another two hours, but 
There's nothing wrong with a little mama bear's perspective on what's going on. And as usual, we collectively, the Hurley household, are glass half full, obviously. And so we'll try and come up with a few things um, that are positive. That what are, as usual, you guys heard me after the recall. I came right back in. What do we work on now? And I guess that's generally, um, besides sticking my head in the sand, which I might do for a couple of weeks here, um, we're going to look forward to some good stuff in the future because that's how we roll. So at any rate, without further ado, uh, 479-1080, obviously you guys all know that number, is the number if you want to call in. Um, I thought we would cover a few national things just to get it off our chests and then we'll bring it down local and kind of figure out what's going on here in California. Now, as I say that, none of these dang races are over with yet. Ballots are still piled high in the hallowed halls of the ROV counting and ballot process centers. I've been witness to that myself. Previous elections, um, our little worker bees there at the ballot processing centers are... It's like a, uh, not a Tetris game. It's a rat's maze. No, what's the, the goat paths. Sorry. Goat paths. goat paths between the big piles and crates of ballots that are still yet to be counted. So there's a long ways to go. And everyone's always like, yeah, no, 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 no. You know, early percentages don't change much. That may be so. But I personally would prefer to have my feelings and opinions once all of the votes are counted and in. So... We're in a little bit of a holding pattern. Now, speaking of which, Mr. Hurley, mm-hmm. why can't the rest of us get our S together like this great state of Florida? And I'm talking purely elections, elections-wise. What the heck is wrong with us? I'd like to answer that. If anyone knows what's the difference and why in some places you can get it all done on election night and everything goes smoothly, and in others it's a... Uh, it's kind of a catastrophe. It would be interesting to know the difference. I find the the um, running an election, for instance, this midterm that we just had yesterday, should be the easiest problem to solve from an organizational point of view. It's not like an earthquake that comes up and hits you out of the blue and you're all surprised and you didn't know where it would strike and you didn't know where to put the resources. Everyone knows the exact date for two years ahead of time. Everyone knows ex- roughly how many people are going to show up so they know how many ballots to have. They know how many machines they're going to need. They know whether they fail at what percent or not. Everything should be so easy to figure out. You have all the time in the world for a completely well-known problem to solve. And yet, even bef- even yesterday or the, in the last few days, it's, oh, it could take a few days, it could take a week, it could take a month. Now, I was just a kid in the 80s, but I remember going through some of these elections Carter Reagan, Reagan Mondale, and on up through the chain. Didn't we all vote on election day and then it was over? And how is it that with all the new technology, it's gotten worse? How do we get, how do we lose capability when we add the technology? Why is it that in modern times, you cannot run an election in one night or in one day? Have election day, count them, get the answer out and get it over with. How did that work so well for a hundred years or more? with no technology whatsoever, and now it's a perpetual disaster? That, I'd like to answer that question. Because usually when you get some new technology, it makes things easier. Like, you know, I have a car, so I could drive down here from my office. That was a breeze. I didn't need to feed the horse and whatnot. It actually made things easier and smoother. So well, why is it that with all this tech, the, the elections actually get worse? 
the question is deeper than that, though, right? It'd be one thing if peoples across the planet were like, oh, no, it's impossible to run elections with all these people. Oh, we're up to 8 billion people now or whatever it is, right? Oh, elections are just more chaotic. We see clear and shining examples of people that get it right. They've got their crap together. They've got... they. Make a plan, work the plan, whatever that expression is, and they get it done effectively and efficiently. And everyone under that state umbrella goes to sleep at night, resting easy. If you don't like the results of the election, which most, you know, half the people do, half the people don't, or, or whatever, you at least rest easy knowing that it was an efficient and reliable process. And the reason I walk around with a stomachache around election time is there are so many unknowns. So here, I, I suppose the next question is then, how is it that we allow, how, how is it that we still wonder that question when we see clearly shining examples of those that are able to pull it off? It makes you wonder that the states that aren't pulling it off just that way, oh, maybe they don't want to. I... Yeah, you can only assume that's the case, but it'd be interesting to get some uh, some details as far as what are, you know, and I haven't studied this in detail, maybe someone else knows, but, you know, what are the specific rules and laws that are different in one state versus the other, for instance, California versus Florida? Why? What's the difference in the mechanism, and why wouldn't you just do it in a way that made sense, that made it work? And then on the flip side, if you think uh, California does such a great job with the elections, we're still counting today with all these partially reported precincts, then what's wrong with Florida and how they do it? Do, do you know what the mechanism is and why is it that we have this, uh, this seeming kind of two-sided uh, you know, state that we're in between the different states and different countries in the world where with paper ballots in one place everything goes smoothly and with all the machines in the world and the high tech, it takes a week to figure it out. So I'd, I'd like to know how that works. Gee, we wonder. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a self-spiraling death wish. One can, one can all, okay, being a rational thinking person, and this, and I have a lot on this theme today, so everyone hold on to your hats, is a fairly pragmatic, rational, just normal common sense person that can follow a thought trail you know, one or two steps down the, you know, the chess pathway or whatever, even checkers. It doesn't make sense. You cannot wrap your, your mind around the logic of a system like California. Oh, those voter rolls. Shoot, we were supposed to clean those up two decades ago, but darn it. We haven't either gotten around to it or, oh, they're fine. Or, oh, there's no problem with our voter rolls. Right. Or, or when we got sued to force us to clean them up, we fought it in court for years. And <laughs> still didn't to this day, right? So one's mind just goes from asking the rational, reasonable questions to when there's no rational, reasonable answers. Oh, it must be on purpose. And I have feelings about the California GOP uh, along those same lines, too. All right. we um, In fact, let me take a break here. When we come back, Ron's on the phone waiting patiently. So we'll go to the phones as usual. Here we go. Taking our first break. This is Mama Bears Radio. Mama and... Papa. Daddy. Are you, are you Papa or Daddy? I think I'm Papa Bear in this Papa case. Papa Bear. Because it goes with Mama better. Yeah, yeah. We could be Mommy Bear and Daddy Bear. If you wanted to change, but <laughs> no, I think it's if it's gonna, Mama Bear, we got to stick with It's Mama and Papa, Papa Bear. Okay. okay, fine. The Hurley Bear household is in studio today. We'll take our break and be right back.
Mama Bears Radio. We'll be right back. Nigga, the missus to get what you don't got. The struggle, it don't stop until we drop crazy bone and ice. All right, we have our grinds correct. Thank you, Ice Cube. All right, <laughs> welcome back to Mama Bears Radio. Kristen Hurley here with Jay Hurley in studio. You guys, a little treat for you all today. Hopefully. Yeah, you're a treat. Um, all right, let's go to the phones. We have Ron and Carmel patiently waiting. Welcome to Mama Bears Radio, Ron. I think for taking my call. Uh, what I was going to say, in order to be able to take control or retake control of the system, we've got to do certain things. We've got to set up what our goals are and what steps have to be taken to accomplish the goals. One of the things that I think could happen is, well, let's, let's compare California with the nation of France, okay? Uh, they're approximately in sheer numbers about the same. I think there's about 35 million people in France and uh, a little more than that in uh, California. You have 40 million. Yep. Yeah, but, Cal but France does not have mail-in ballots, and they don't. They know that they found out years ago that uh, you're, that type of an arrangement creates... Um, system uh, chaos. <laughs> they found out, right. They figured so, it out, unlike us brilliant yeah. Californians. So one of the things that I would suggest is that somebody looking at this reason, if we can or cannot, uh, can we send a postcard to the office of the county to elect out of receiving mail-in ballots? Because right now they've been forced upon us. There's got to be a way that the people should be able to do it, and I think we could start a postcard, um, what do you want to call it? A campaign. Program or campaign to say, hey, would you be willing to send in a postcard to the county, and we'll have them all printed up, and uh, basically you tell the county that you don't, you don't want to receive a ballot in the mail for the next election. But uh, I'm, certainly these, uh, you know, the rules they follow in sending out these ballots are a product of state law. And I, I don't doubt there's some, uh, you know, flexibility or leeway on the county side. But See, I think it was state law. I think it was uh, that Newsom. First it was Newsom, yeah, executive because, order, king of California. Yeah, we're under a, you know, State of emergency. State yeah. Of emergency. But no, the, yeah, the legislature, then they, they went ahead and codified it, uh, just thinking it was going to be the most fun ever to add even more fuel to California's chaotic elections. So but on this idea of, you know, how do we get rid of the mail-in ballots because they're a bad idea, just like they figured out in France and, and other places? Well, it should be optional uh, based upon the taxpayer, of course, and the reason. I would think once you start getting people doing uh, a postcard that might be able to reverse the order so that they don't get uh, mail-in ballots, then maybe you can then move to the next level, which would be, okay, now let's look at the um, voter rolls. Let's see who's dead. Let's see who's moved out of the uh, the state. So, uh, did, but Ron, on, on this subject, do you have the same impression I do that out in Sacramento and in the controlling uh, kind of Democrat uh, little mini governments we have around here, they don't want to get rid of mail-in ballots and they don't want to clean up the voter rolls. I mean, you could sue them to do it. You could send all the postcards you want, and they'll say no. We want to send them out to everybody so that we can have an unlimited 
uh, you know, box full of ballots that we can stuff through the machines whenever we feel like it for people that didn't vote. I mean, what, what you're, I think you're up against a lot more than, oh, they just didn't know that I didn't want a mail-in ballot. You know, they, well, they know half of us don't want that, but they're yeah, going to send it to you anyway. Los Angeles County was sued, and over 1.5 million voters were removed from the rolls just two years ago. Okay, but on the on the mail out ballot, so let's go back to yeah. I, is it within the law for me to say I don't want a mail out ballot based on a postcard, or is that really you send it in and you hope that they don't send one? You send you one. Well, I think somebody should do the research to see whether or not it's viable, and if it is, then you start a postcard campaign on the ground level because I believe there are independents, uh, Democrats, and Republicans who would agree and not want the uh, current system of where they just mail you a damn ballot. That they don't want to see that. They want more control. Okay, well, one more one more hazard for your idea, just that you, maybe you can explain. If yeah. it's optional and, you know, millions of people don't bother sending a postcard, which is likely, if not most, and there's still this idea that, uh, oh, look, we're counting up the ballots on election night and it looks like so-and-so's ahead. Oh, but overnight we had this... <laughs> We had a big truck full of uh, ballots, and they must have been mail-ins, and we put them through the machines, and voila, that's the new answer. I mean, if there's mail-in at all, if you don't have to go to, the, go to the polling place on election day and cast your vote, which, like we always did in the past, don't you have this problem? Yeah, we, uh, Ron dropped off here, so I'll answer that for you. <laughs> uh, it, the mail-in thing is well documented to be the uh, conveyor of chaos for any of the states that use it and try it. And it, it, county by county, I know for sure, they, have, they run different processes, right? I walked in here in Santa Cruz County. I had my mail-in ballot in my purse just in case. I had to prove it to anyone. But you say your name. They look you up in the little computer. I'd like to, you know, I want a paper ballot, please. They print it out for you and off you go. Now, I know in other counties, they make you actually physically surrender the mail-in ballot, which you could have you could have dropped it off in the mail and then, you know, somebody else could have intercepted it before it even got to your mailbox. 15 million things could have happened to your mail-in ballot and you still get to walk in and I'm Kristen Hurley and I want my ballot, please. And, you know, and that ballot is a total, um, total variable, right? It's, it's a wild card. Who it ends up with? And then times that by how many voters in California, 22 million, <laughs> or wait a minute, you know, 35 million if you look at the voter rolls. Yeah, I don't know. Do, do, do you have a turnout numbers? Do we know out of the eligible voters how many showed up? Early, I mean, to my knowledge, as of yesterday morning, because we were watching the returned mail-in ballots closely percentages over the last two weeks or three weeks or whatever. I want to say it was in the early 20s, the mail-in ballot returns as of like yesterday morning. And I know the, the you know, from what even Santa Cruz County says here, they're not much further past that. You're saying um, in the percentage of the total returns that they've counted? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the percentages of counted ballots are still right around that. They're not much further. So it's a long... So it could be a while. Okay, well, <laughs> the, but this brings me to my next point, though. Why is no one screaming fraud this morning? And I actually thought it was super-duperty interesting. So, at, like, well, let me back up. Mama Bear's going to tell a little story here. 
So starting yesterday morning, I had terrible 2020 PTSD anxiety feelings. I just was like, there's something off about this red tsunami thing. I don't want to call it a premonition because that's rather egotistical of me. But I just felt like there was something amiss and something was going to go wrong. And 2020 was really, really tough. It was a tough morning to wake up to. And obviously the days that unfolded afterwards, emotions were running high and there were endless testimonies of poll workers and poll, you know elections observers and the and the u-haul trucks backing up in the middle of the night we could go on and on and i just felt like that that same feeling all day so having said that having woken up this having gone to bed last night with like a fetterman what 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 kind of experience went to bed to forget about it all for a few hours woke up this morning and where, where are the explanations or where are the cries of fraud anywhere? All I'm hearing is, oh, gee, the Republicans are going to have to do better next time. Yeah, it's a good question. So, I mean, if you're out there and you, and you had questions about the 2020 election, and of course there's you know, people on every uh, end of the spectrum on that matter from it's completely rigged and stolen with uh, you know, hacked machines all the way down to there was some... Uh, less than ethical distributions of funds and Dropbox placement, et cetera. But if you thought that that was, you know, stolen to one degree or another, and they definitely got away with it, why wouldn't you think that it was that this one was stolen to some degree or another again? I mean, what what happened between uh, 2020 and 2022 that makes you think if it's, you know, this uh, election fraud is such a successful um, endeavor that it wouldn't be uh, used again in this case. Especially in the states that didn't do much of a job of cleaning up their elections process or, whoops, they might have doubled down on it, right? Like we said, you know, the California legislature went, went ahead and was like, this is so awesome. Let's make this law. So it's totally freaking true. You watch the footage of the, you know, from the True the Vote people that went and all the 50,000 mules <laughs> again and again, people stuffing ballots in the ballot boxes, and you know at your gut level that it's not on the up and up. Where are the questions about that this morning? I couldn't, I really couldn't find any. Um, maybe and maybe I wasn't listening to the right channels, but I, I'm saying you know mainstream people that clearly questioned 2020, and we went through the whole you know we've been through it a zillion times over and over again. Um, this election seemed to be getting taken on a f far more um, face value level. Speaking of which, the, one of the races I'm interested in is governor of Arizona, like many of us. And when we started the program at 2.06 p.m., uh, the official results from Katie Hobbs' office were that she was in the lead by 4,750 votes. And as of now, here at 2.30 p.m., uh, Hobbs is leading by uh, less than that, down to 4,094. So slowly chunking away at that one. That is the one thing I'm watching. That's going to be... One hell of a... It's a ways to go. <laughs> Arizona, yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm going to watch that one with interest. All right, we're up against a break. Let me get that done. We have a couple of calls coming in. 
I actually really do want to revisit the Arizona debacle. But at any rate, before we do that, this is Mama Bears Radio. Kristen Hurley here with my husband, Jay Hurley, in studio. And we're going to take our break and be right back. Mama Bears Radio. Radio. We'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Mama Bears Radio. Kristen Hurley here. All right, guys, let me go back to the phone here. A couple people patiently waiting. And we have Chuck out of Marina. Welcome to Mama Bears Radio. So, yeah, I'm just as intrigued by the outcome, especially with the uh, Fetterman uh, outcome. I'm stunned at that. But, you know, I'm not surprised either. But, yeah, I do think. To answer your question, I do think there not only was election fraud in 2020, there was now, and there has been probably in California for quite some time, I'm just speculating, and I always tell people frequently, go to the Secretary of State website and just enter in the search box, um, election equipment uh, um, vendors, and there'll be like, I think it's six or eight vendors, one of which is Dominion, and just start... Just start perusing through those documents, and and if you don't, I mean, just do two or three documents, and just you don't walk away saying, "Hold the cow." I, I didn't realize that. Then you know, then something's amiss in your brain. But also, too, I'm, I'm to know uh, in the 2020 election there was a uh, CNN had was in their interview and the. Uh, the CNN host was going through on the touch screen uh, of the um, the, bat- of the, the, the state, Pennsylvania. And at the end, the, um, the vote tallies were switched from And I think we're losing Chuck here. Uh, Chuck, thank you for your phone call. I think we were. I think you were talking about that phenomenon, which we all saw, 2020, where the screen flashes and the numbers change instantaneously in a very unorthodox and un, on. Uh, how do we say? Uh, yeah, surprising. I mean, surprising it, it, it doesn't way. seem legit. And I, I, I want to talk a lot about. Um, I happen to be an engineer in software and electronics, and have been doing that for decades. And I do want to talk about the machines and the technology and the security issues that the different options we have to leverage technology to make this better. Um, but just not yet. Okay. We'll get back to that. No, in fact, Jay, uh, 
is, is an engineer who always has about 15 projects going at any one given time, uh, did take a special interest in election integrity and all the data and went down a number of rabbit holes after the 2020 election as, you know, data and, and that sort of thing is his specialty. He thought, well, let me take a crack at this, right? Every, every other group, you know, that had the wherewithal from Mike Lindell on down, um, was asking some pretty reasonable questions about what are hmm, what are these systems that we're using and uh, what's really behind the magic curtain there in the Dominion machines and stuff. Um, so at any rate, Jay, let's take one more phone call here because everyone's patiently waiting. Okay, Dave, there you go. Welcome to Mama Bear's Radio. Hi. I'd like to just say a couple of things real quick if you let me. Um, yeah, go ahead. First thing is I think it's a very dangerous and undemocratic slippery slope to go down to say if i won the election it was legitimate if i lost the election it was fraud that's just that's just un-american and you can do it you're free to do it but it's not right and i want to say about the 2020 election there were more than 55 court cases brought alleging election fraud 55 court cases one-third of those courtrooms were trump appointed judges in every single one of those cases, it was thrown out for lack of evidence. So you're, you're repeating anecdotal evidence as if it's the type of evidence that would hold up in a court of law. And if it doesn't hold up in a court of law, then it's not sufficient. Dave, yeah, I got a question about that. The, um, you know, I'm not an expert at every level of detail, but my understanding out of the 55 court cases is that none were thrown out for lack of evidence, as you said and that most were thrown out for lack of standing, which is different. And that only one case that I remember, which was out of, uh, uh, was it Fulton County, Georgia, was the case where a judge, Judge Romero, actually heard some evidence. And in that case, he ruled that there was substantial evidence and it was worth going forward with the, uh, with the proceeding. Later on in that case, the, uh, there was a, a subsequent filing Again, for standing, not for evidence, and then they uh, they that one got either thrown out or delayed, and they had to go do a retrial um, in that case. But the courts have not generally heard any evidence, and I could talk about evidence of election fraud if you'd like to. Okay, as far as the danger, um, I mean, no one likes a sore loser. It to say there was fraud because I lost. I've never heard anyone say that. I've never heard anyone think, well, you know, I well, lost. Hillary That's too Clinton. bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, actually, if you <laughs> flip it around, <laughs> if you flip it around and look at what we all endured between uh, 2016 and 2020, where Democrats on TV every single night said Trump's not legitimate because he stole the election with Russian collusion. We've found out by now ad nauseum looking through every detail that that was completely made up BS in the first place it was and still is. So the, the real danger is the completely invented evidence free claims of election fraud. What I find less dangerous is suspicion of and some accusations of election fraud where there is evidence. And what, what would be what would constitute evidence? Well, if you were in a murder trial, the gold standard best evidence you could ever have would be a sworn affidavit, an eyewitness. If you have an eyewitness to a crime, that is evidence. It's gold standard evidence. In the case of the in many of the election fraud cases that were put forward and again denied only for standing not for evidence there were upwards of thousands 
of sworn affidavits, which is the best evidence you can have as an eyewitness sworn under the penalty of perjury. So, I mean, maybe, maybe we can come to, to some kind of middle ground, but none were thrown out for lack of evidence. They never got to the evidentiary hearing phase. They were thrown out for standing. And as far as I can tell, they have plenty of evidence. Right. And, and Dave, thank you for your phone call here. The, um, speaking to that same sentiment of if I win, yay, hooray. And then if I don't, well, I'm sour grapes. My priority, and I mentioned this earlier, is an, an electorate going to bed at night with that secure feeling that all was well and correct with the system. And then you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, darn it, my guy lost. But I rest assured that it was a genuine win on their part, genuine loss on my favorite candidate's part. And we can all agree on the process and procedure and say, this is America. Yay, that word democracy, right? Constitutional Republic. And we're all going to get along the next day because we, we agree that we take a vote, take a tally, the majority wins, however it is, and we move on with our lives. My beef is not, how do I say, we, you know, the bad people getting in office. Okay, fine. Maybe there's something I haven't thought of about these candidates. Maybe Fetterman is actually just a really fantastic really fantastic leader and he's going to make a huge difference for the people of Pennsylvania. Maybe I just haven't seen it correctly. I haven't quite considered it in the correct way. And, you know, but I want to know as an American that the system is solid. And I think that's all I ask for. And most people do, I think. Yeah. And I think there are ways to make it solid, definitely a solider, which goes back to your original statement um, earlier that there seem to be models of places where Things, you know, things go smoothly. They're done in one day like they always were in the past, and uh, nobody's complaining. And it has nothing to do with whether they won or lost. Right. Uh, the tangled webs we weave. And we do it to ourselves here in California, apparently. Uh, this is a, you know, long-time systemic issue here in California. And I would like to say, though, and maybe we'll get into this next hour because we're almost at the top of the hour here. Um, I had an up close and personal look at a major campaign these last five months. I know I've alluded to that. I will finally tell my story. Um, so everyone can, you know, I'll, I'll shut up about dropping little hints along the way. And maybe I don't get it all out in, in one hour here. This might be a topic because it's, it's been an incredibly interesting experience on a number of levels. So maybe this is fodder for many upcoming Mama Bears radio shows. But at any rate, um, the, the, you know, the candidates that pour their hearts into their campaigns here in California, taking a, shall we say, <laughs> major risk or major, you know, um, time out of their lives and, and sacrifice their families and their time and their money and, and et cetera. Um, you might think one is absolutely bat s crazy for attempting um, to even play the politics game here in California. Because at a gut level, we all just are like, oh, gosh, God, California is so gone. <laughs> Prop one, case in point, I might add. We haven't even gotten into that. But at any rate, um, you know, that that's what 
redemption and salvation is all about if you don't take those words on a purely spiritual level but you know a more practical level is I think we're always endeavoring to do better and better ourselves and better our country and our lives you know those of us that are well-meaning individuals not subscribing to the darker sides at any rate all right let's take a break couple more calls holding on the line. So we'll get you guys as soon as we come back. This is Mama Bear's radio. Kristen Hurley here. Papa Bear J. Hurley in studio with me. We're going to take a break. Be right back. Mama Bear's radio. radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Mama Bears Radio. Kristen Hurley here. My amazing husband, Jay Hurley. In the bear den, shall we say. Yeah, here in the, here in the den. Yeah, the bear den. All right. <laughs> okay, let's hit the phones, Mr. Hurley. Another phone call. Here we go. John and Marina, thank you for waiting. Welcome to Mama Bears Radio. Good afternoon. Um... I'm probably the politically opposite than you, but one thing of as always, or for the last few years, kind of amazed me about at least the California Republican Party. Do is tell. That, is that they seem to put out the worst candidates. California is essentially a blue state. And I, I just looked at the two candidates in my area here, uh, Peter Hernandez and Jeff Foreman. I'd, I'd be honest with you, I don't know that much about Peter Hernandez. but I can fill I in the blanks Jeff for Foreman. you. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. But, 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 but I've, I've heard Jeff Foreman a few times. And it, it, it made me wonder. Was a, we're talking far right, far right. And to put him out against Jimmy Panetta, which, you know, is a pretty established name and someone I voted for, it just seems like it, it, whatever happened about putting out a moderate, whatever happened putting out somebody that could actually be a challenge in California, instead of, I mean, and like I said, I've, I've heard him a, a few times, and Jeff Gorman was nowhere near a moderate. And it well, just amazed me that that the Republicans. But John, I'm, not, tell, I'm, I'm trying to be fair here. Yeah, cool. But to, to, tell, tell us why you think it's a good strategy to. Like tell us why you think it's a good strategy to be more moderate. Why does that is that better? I mean, the my, left in California puts out the most uh, progressive the most lefties radicals, they could yeah. possibly find. No, no, no. Oh no. No. How, <laughs> no. How, how about how about putting out a pro-choice moderate? How about putting out maybe. I'm trying to think of a better term, but a, a pro-amnesty. I mean, well, a great many Republicans in the ag industry are pro-amnesty. How about putting out somebody like that? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure they're uh, pro-amnesty, having spent a lot of time in the Salinas Valley myself. Here, John, uh, thank you for your phone call here. Le- we're going to hit the top of the hour, so I... I- 
I, I can, I don't believe a word of that, that the um, Democrat Party here in California puts out uh, moderates. What do you think they've been doing in Sacramento the last couple of years? I mean, longer than that, obviously, but I've been paying attention. There, there is damn near the very edge of the left on the spectrum as they possibly could be. The laws that they put forth, the involvement they want to have in your personal life and your family life, what they want to what they want to do to your children and the and the list goes on and jimmy panetta i might add votes with nancy pelosi which is the extreme left progressive side of the democrat party in washington nearly 100 percent of the time so he is no moderate yeah and to your question john my theory would be the reason you don't see and maybe it not uh, more moderate but maybe stronger candidates is that if you're looking at a d plus you know 30 race they're really not going to waste a lot of money or take their, you know, the best people out of their stable and go and run. I mean, would you run in a race that you're most likely going to lose, like just for the fun of it? You know, it's a lot of hard work and it costs a lot of money and it's a major dedication. It's not like everybody who runs one of these campaigns wins and then, uh, you know, goes to Sacramento and gets rich on the grift. Um, so that that would be my guess. Uh, as far as being far right or far left, I don't think there's such a thing as well, we need to get someone who thinks a lot more like Democrats, but something like Republicans. I mean, at least the guys I've met, Peter Hernandez is one of them. We will hear more about him throughout the show. Um, he believes what he believes. You know, I don't, it, it's not like you just go and, uh, you know, make a recipe for what you think might work. And it's, I don't even think it's the case that you can just go and pick someone at will who's out there, who's qualified, has the time and money and the desire to run, who fits this kind of wishy-washy specific bill to co-satisfy all the intersecting groups so that you can have your, you know, this this uh, race you're thinking about, I think, John, that where there's a, uh, it's not as polarized. I mean, not that many people run. It's, there's not a huge, a huge, I mean, look at the primaries, even for the, you know, CA District 18 or for Gorman's case, the the primaries aren't really that big of a deal, it seems like. Well, and I would add, the height of politicking and what we think of as politicians are, oh, take a focus group on that, and then you get out in public and say what you think the focus group people told you to say. Well, who the heck wants that type of a person? Now, they're in spades in government and have been for a long time. Oh, Bill Clinton kind of thing, right? They want to blow where the wind blows, go where the wind blows, right? Um, and they'll say something that isn't genuine. They'll say something that isn't what they actually believe at their, their core. They say what they think the electorate wants to hear and who the hell thinks that that's the kind of representative that you really want to have in government. So that's my opinions on that. Yeah, um, let's squeeze in one more caller here. Uh, Pauline's been patiently waiting. And Pauline, welcome to Mama Bears Radio. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I, uh, I, I'm i glad it's nice having you and your husband together. I like hearing both of your perspectives. You're, you're great. You complement each other. Thank I you, Pauline. Say that. That's 21 yeah, years of welcome. marriage right there. So we didn't you we know get what? along. No, no. Right, right. No, no, but you, hey, you're working as a team. That's good. Um, I just wanted to say, for that previous caller, and, and a lot of people, this is just one little comment, 
voted for Jimmy Panetta because he is a really nice guy. He's good-looking. He has a great smile. But I don't know if he's ever actually accepted any um, requests by Jeff Gorman to debate with him because, I mean, I have seen Jimmy Panetta speak against other uh, speakers. Like in the past, I saw him in person at, um, at a synagogue in Carmel against, um, I can't remember her name. She was from PG. She was a naval um, person, but she, mm-hmm. oh, Casey, she had, and they debated and she was like on top of her game and he had to use a binder to talk. I was just not impressed. I, it was just like canned answers and he never, to my knowledge, accepted any debates with Jeff Gorman. And as far as that previous caller, John, I think you're either on the fence as a moderate. To me, moderates are people that aren't taking a stand. That's my opinion. And thank you for allowing me to say it. You know, so when people say far right, that's just a label to try to prick somebody. and to try, You know what I mean? Like name calling. Because you either stand for something or you don't. And I don't know where I'm going with this. But other than that, you know, I wanted to say that I think that this system of voting in California, they've got it down. The other side, and I, I, I felt the same way that you did, like, I'm going to go walk in and vote. I'm going to do my, you know, civic duty and do this. But I had that same eerie feeling, even at the poll, like, man, I should have been here working. So I could have been, you know what I mean? I just think we... I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just another little wake-up call. But thank you for letting me speak. I I uh, appreciate your guys' show, and um, that's all I have Aww, to Pauline, say. Pauline, thank you. Th- yeah, th- okay. th- thanks, Pauline. I'd like to talk about this uh, this thing called extreme and extremists and extremism. The As an engineer, I work with data sets, and we do have extrema, things that are on the far ends of a collection of data. Usually you call something extreme something that's in like a 1% or a, uh, you know, a couple of percent on the high end or a couple of percent on the low end. And then anything with 20 or 30% is real signal and it's part of the data set and it's legitimate and it's not extreme or extremist. And recently, and I don't know the date, but I was uh, caught a, a White House press conference where their spokesperson said, you know, if you're just not where the majority of people are in America, well, then you're, you're extreme. And that's really just not the definition of what extreme or extremist is. If you have 30 or 40% of the people that think like you, you cannot be extreme. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they say. They are name-calling at that point. Yeah, they obviously are. And it's it's a misuse of the term technically. And it's an on-purpose use of the term in order to... um, you know, in order to disparage or to try to denigrate, the, you know, a huge group of people that you're talking to. For instance, if you were a, uh, you know, aligned fully with all the Democrats in the state of California and agreed with every policy and procedure that they have, you would not be extreme. Even if I thought some of it was completely crazy and the worst ideas in the world, you can't and call it sick. extreme because it's actually kind of normal. <laughs> kind it's of like, mainstream. yeah, it's like mainstream stuff. So I don't think Gorman's far right in some kind of extreme tiny corner of the party. I think the reason he's the nominee is because most of the people in the party wanted him to be the nominee. And there's nothing wrong with having conservative values and conservative uh, conservative approach to politics and maybe conservative, you know, could be better uh, articulated to people. Uh, but Jeff Gorman, you know, has no apologies for how he believes our, the country should be run in the, in the framework of the Constitution and is unafraid to get out in, fr- in front of people. And, and I do know that he uh, 
wanted to debate Jimmy Panetta and Jimmy did not show up. More about that next hour.